Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Listen, I'm really excited that we get to wrap up this six-week series. Uh, we've been doing this Bible Stories for Grown-Ups, calling it Sunday School. Uh, who's been enjoying this the past couple weeks, getting to hear from all different members of our preaching team? You know, last week we got to hear from Joe Coyote, awesome message. Uh, and so today, you got me. Uh, I get to finish this week up for us, uh, week six, Bible Stories for Grown-Ups, and to, to communicate what I really know that God wants to speak to each of us I want to share a little bit of my story, and then I want to share a little bit of the story of a guy named Moses. Everybody say Moses. I feel like when you say that, it's got to be like Moses, like it got deep. Um, so a little of my story, a little of Moses' story, and then I want to point us to the story that this is all about, the story of Jesus Christ. So can we do that together? All right. Uh, first, I want to share a little bit of my story and so to do that, I have a confession. I am not a natural public speaker. There you go. I confessed it. Either you're thinking, well, obviously, <laughs> or you're thinking, oh, I never knew. Josh, you're so, uh, you never get nervous. Like, I know you guys all, you know, you give me all the niceties and here's the reality. This does not come naturally for me. Like I was there. There are people in the room today that know me from 20, 30 years ago that know that I was the kid in class that was afraid to answer the question for fear that I got it wrong in a class of like 12 people. Like I was not a natural social butterfly. Like this doesn't come naturally for me. I share that just to relate on the sense I'm just an ordinary guy. Like when I look at the world and realize there are 8 billion people on this planet, like, think about that for a second. Like, you are one out of 8 billion people. Doesn't make you, be, make you like, realize, like, I'm, I'm kind of ordinary. Like, I'm just one out of... So now that I made you feel that big, <laughs> I want to bring you and show you this single truth today. So God gives ordinary people extraordinary strength. Can we put that on the screen so we can see that? God gives ordinary people extraordinary strength. That's what we're going to discover today. So there's a little of my story. Maybe you can relate with that. We're going to look at Moses' story, and he was actually quite an ordinary guy. Now, when you hear the name Moses, maybe maybe you think of, wasn't there a movie years ago, right, Charlton Heston? Like, uh, did I get that right? Uh, you know, uh, Let My People Go, Red Sea, right? Maybe you think of those stories and that's all part of it. Maybe Moses is a brand new character, and this is the first time that you're hearing his story. And if that's the case, I'm most glad that you're here today. But we're going to discover that Moses was actually a pretty ordinary guy. I think we can relate with a lot of Moses's life as we come into his story. Like, he was someone who had tremendous life challenges, he was a dad. He was a husband. And when we come into his story, we see that he made some pretty big mistakes, like really big mistakes. Like he killed a guy once. Like, like he's, he's just this human, excuse me, 
That was weird. Um, see, public speaking. Um, he's just this human being, this ordinary guy that God reaches into his life and says, Moses, you're ordinary, but I want to fill you with extraordinary strength. So when we look at Moses' story, when we come into this, we realize that he's a Hebrew and he's born into a time of absolute chaos for his people and his culture. Like his entire people group, the Israelites or the Hebrews, they were living in captivity. Like, imagine it like this. Like, if everything that you knew, your entire, like, the culture around you, the people group around you, your friends, your family, if you were just uprooted from what you knew was your home and your everyday life, and you were placed in this foreign land where things are just done so differently, the culture's different, and now you are slaves in this foreign land, forced to work for somebody else without cause. You're living in this time of injustice. Think about that, because that's what Moses is born into. His people are living in the land of Egypt. They weren't belonging there, and they're forced to work in slavery. They're, they must be feeling, oh my goodness, I am trapped. Like, is there any hope? They're just made to work harder and harder for years and years, wanting and hoping and longing for rescue. And in comes Moses. And we're gonna see what God does. So it says this in the scripture, it says, years passed and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help and their cry rose up to God. It says next, listen to this. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. You know, Blaze Kids just told this to us. God made a promise. And now we're gonna see how God is going to keep that promise. God made a promise that this people was gonna find freedom, that this people was gonna be brought out of this place of slavery, that they were going to know God and to know freedom. And guess who God chooses as part of his rescue plan? This ordinary guy named Moses. Moses. That's right. God chooses an ordinary guy with not a great track record to lead an entire people group out of slavery and injustice and oppression out of Egypt into the promised land. Can somebody say that doesn't make sense? Like this isn't this natural born leader. We're gonna see a little bit of Moses' story the next couple of moments. He was not a public speaker. He was not a natural born leader. This ordinary guy, God says, I'm gonna use you, Moses, in an extraordinary way. But that is just the way that our amazing God works. Here's what it says in Exodus 3, verse seven. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Man, those three words just kind of jumped out of the scripture. Can you say those with me, the three that are highlighted? Seen, heard, concerned. This is the Lord's response when he sees the people that he loves in suffering. He sees, he hears, he is concerned. 
Man, can I just encourage you this morning? If you're walking through a moment of suffering, if and when there will be a moment of suffering in your life, I want you to carry this truth. God sees you. God hears you. Not a single tear falls from your eyes that God does not see. But don't leave out the third part. He is deeply concerned about you. He is the rescuer. We sang it before. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. He sees you. Here's what it says next. Here's what God says. He says, so I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land. Like this is amazing. In this moment, God is speaking to Moses. He has presented himself to Moses in the burning bush. This bush that's like, it's burning, but it's not being consumed. It's a miraculous encounter where God meets Moses and he gives him this great rescue plan that he has. He says, Moses, I have come down. Who does that remind us of? Jesus, our savior, who came down to rescue us from sin. Like all of scripture points to him. God says, I have come down. I will rescue my people from slavery. Amazing. Here's what it says next. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. All right, so God gives the plan. He gives Moses the game plan. He says, go, and that's it, right? Moses is gonna go. He's gonna figure this thing out. All right, let me ask you this. If you were just an ordinary person, someone called you up and said, hey, uh, can you go in and, and rescue this entire people group out of slavery? Like, can you just go into Pharaoh and say, hey, uh, let my people go? And he's gonna say yes, right? No, that's, this is a crazy, crazy plan. So here's Moses' response. First, he doubts. And Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Like, I mean, wouldn't you find yourself there? I know I would. I know I would have some doubts. I know I would have some questions. Hey, uh, God, can we like talk about this first? Can we figure out like, do you know who I am? Like, do you know who you're? I think you got the wrong number here. Like, who am I, he says, that I should rescue these people out of slavery? It says next, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I think it's amazing. The second half of that verse, you notice the language that's used. God says, when you have brought the people out, it's almost like God already knows that this is gonna happen. It's almost like God already sees the future. It's almost like he knows exactly who Moses is and what's gonna happen. It's because he does. Now notice here, God responds to Moses' doubt and concern about who he is by pointing Moses back to who God is. Like God says, Moses, I know you're concerned about who you are, but here's who I am. I will be with you. What a promise. What a promise for us. Like God says, 
you may feel insignificant or unqualified, but when you are called by me, when you are surrendered to me, when you are filled with my Holy Spirit, it's not based on who you are. It's based on who I am. It's based on my spirit empowering someone who is ordinary to do the extraordinary. That's the truth that I need to remember today. That's the truth that I think we all need to remember today. So next, Moses, what does he do? He's still got some questions. He goes back to God. It says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? See, Moses is asking a key question that I think every single person in this space, I think we're asking this question. We're saying, God, who are you? Like Moses says, when they ask me, where are you getting this great plan of rescue from? Who is giving this to you? He says, God, who do I say is sending me? You want to hear God's response? Well, do you? Here's what God answers. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Now, we could read that and go, what? (laughs) What is God actually saying here? He's saying that he is everything. He is all sufficient. It's almost like, Moses, who am I? I am. I have existed for all of time. I am the creator of the universe. God is making a supreme statement, and he has the right to, because this is who he is. Listen to this study note from the NIV Foundation Study Bible. Only the creator of all things can call himself the I am in the absolute sense. All other creatures are in debt to him for their existence. In this Moses, in this moment, Moses is saying, who are you? And God is graciously reminding him, Moses, I am everything you need. That's the reminder that he wants to give to you today. He is your everything. Now, how many people want to guess what Moses does next? Does he go do it? Or does he still have some questions? He still doubts. Next, he doubts that the people will believe him. It says, but Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Now, Moses is going with the what ifs, right? How many people are familiar with some what ifs? What if this happens? What if this happens? I mean, let's not breeze over this because there's a lot that needs to go right in order for this to work. And one of those things is, well, if Moses is going to lead this people out, the people have got to be willing to follow. So Moses has some pretty relevant questions, but I think it's amazing. One thing that I see here is that the amount of times Moses is going back and forth, right? God says, go. Moses says, no. God says, I got, uh, God says, go. Moses says, I got some questions. Like God takes the next couple of moments in the scripture to give Moses faith. Like he actually takes the time to show his power 
to Moses. Like he says, Moses, stick your hand in your cloak. And when he takes it out, it's all leprous, like that terrible disease that they used to have uh, spread about in these times. And Moses, he's, he sticks his hand back in. God says, take it out. And it's completely healed. Next, God says, Moses, take your staff that you use because he was a shepherd guy. And he throws it on the ground and it turns into a snake. Moses jumps back. He takes the staff again, the snake, he turns back into a staff. God shows his power right to Moses. It says, remember, this is who I am. Yeah. I want us to see in that moment, God takes the time to give you faith. God responds to your doubts and your questions, not with dismissal, not with unconcern. He actually takes the time to give you faith. And I want you to see this morning is all part of that. It's all part of getting together in a space when we can hear from his word, when we can worship him, when we can experience his personal presence, every single one of us. It's amazing. So Moses says this next. He says, but Moses pleaded with the Lord, oh Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now. Even though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Moses is saying, I literally can't do what you're asking me to do. Yeah. Have you ever been there? And Moses, again, it says, pleaded, Lord, please send anyone else. I mean, I can relate to that, right? Back and forth. I can't do it. Uh, anybody else? Not me. You got the wrong guy. I can't speak. And yet God is not making a mistake in his election of Moses to be the leader that he needs. Can I encourage you this morning? I, I like to ask this question of my students at the college. I work at the college. And I like to ask the question, are you a leader? And I hear yes, no, maybe. Here's the reality for you, for them, for every single person. God has created you to be a leader. You are a leader. You have the chance to know him and to make him known in the world around you. And just like God is calling Moses here, this ordinary guy, I can't speak. My words get tongue-tied. I can relate with that. God says, I'm not making a mistake. I think in these moments, it's important for us to be reminded of this truth. Here's what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses for when I am weak, then I am strong. Yes. My goodness, what a truth. Now, if we approach this just logically, it's like, how does that make any sense? I'm going to boast about my weaknesses. My weaknesses prove my strength. Well, this proves the very reality that we understand of the gospel. Jesus coming, making these broken, dead lives because of sin. That's every one of us giving us the opportunity to know God because he paid the price that you and I deserve to pay so that we would be made new yes. and don't leave this part out, filled with the spirit of God. Yes. Like I can only stand on a stage today because I'm filled with the spirit of God. Mm -hmm. In Josh, I have nothing good to say. 
but because God has filled every single one of us that has said yes to Jesus, and we say, yes, fill me with your empowering spirit. It is his grace that comes on our weaknesses and does something that is literally impossible. Yes, Moses, you're right. You can't do this, and that's why you need God's spirit. Yes, you can't do this, and that's why you need to be made new. That's why we need every single day to get back with the Lord and say, God, I need you again today just like I did yesterday. I need you again. Would you fill me anew with your spirit? He is so faithful to do it. And I'm so grateful for his empowering grace. So I want to go back once more to Exodus. There's a whole lot to this story, but I want to finish this uh, with Exodus 4, verse 11 and 12. It says, Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will be with you as you speak and will instruct you in what to say. Moses responds to this moment and he goes, God has patience with Moses to remind him of his promises. He says, Moses, I will be with you. I will instruct you. I'm calling you to do something that you feel like I can't do this, but I'm going to go with you. I will give you the words to speak. Who even created you, Moses? Like, don't you think I know you? Just be encouraged by that. God sees you. He's created you, and he knows you. And I think this scripture should move us in our hearts to a place that we can pray this prayer. God, forgive me for not trusting you. Like, I, I, think, I think it's good to remember God's patience with us, and it's good to remember, man, I, Lord, I, I just wanna trust you, but I know it's hard. Could you help me? Would you forgive me for not trusting you? You know, as I sat to put these notes together to share with you, this scripture just moved me in such a deep way. And I just kind of sat in my chair for a second. You know, tears started to fill my eyes in this moment because this was a real prayer for me. Like, God, would you forgive me for not trusting you? Like when we can center our focus on the fact that he's created us, he can do all things, and he's given us his empowering spirit, there is nothing too difficult for the Lord. And I pray that your faith is stirred as we realize that today. Let's go back to some of Paul's words in 2 Corinthians. He says, We are confident of all of this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of a new covenant. See, Moses got something right. He could not do what God was asking him to do. But let's not leave out this second part. Because of what Jesus has done, and because we have the opportunity to respond in a way that says, God, I trust in you. Would you fill me with your power? Fill me with your spirit. He does the impossible through ordinary people. So this week, uh, how many people have been enjoying the Bible plan? 
kind of reading along together as a church family. Uh, this week, we're going to start a new Bible plan, and we're going to work through Exodus, because if I had to share with you the entire story of Moses' life and all the amazing miracles that God does from this point, I would be here until next year. And I don't want to keep you past lunchtime today. Um, so I encourage you to hop on the Bible plan, uh, blazechurch.org slash Bible. You'll be able to join. I love getting to see other people's comments and reading together. Uh, there's so much that God is going to continue to show you in the story and the life of Moses. But I don't want to leave you hanging. Can I, can I just give a spoiler alert and let you know where the story ends up? So Moses goes from this moment. He goes to the leader of Egypt. He goes to Pharaoh. He says, let my people go. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens. But ultimately, God rescues his people from captivity. God uses this ordinary person to do the impossible. And it actually happens. And God rescues them. And it's not because Moses had what it takes. It's because he said, yes. It's because he said, I'll surrender. God, my life is in your hands. Man, I just want to encourage you. There's one response that you can do. Whether you're, you've been walking with Jesus and you know him, or if this is the first time that you're saying, okay, I'm hearing this for the first time, I want you to know this is an opportunity to respond to God's grace for what he has done for you personally. And our response is simply this. Yes, it's surrender. It's realizing that Jesus paid it all when he came and walked this earth, fully God, fully man, to close the gap in our relationship with God that we created because we said, I want to choose my own way. I want to choose the way that's comfortable. I want to choose the way of sin. There's not one person in this room watching online on this earth that is different in this sense. We all need the saving grace of God through his son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. And by placing your faith in him, you are made new. God gives ordinary people extraordinary strength. And here's why. It's because we are God's masterpiece. Here's what Ephesians says. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the things, the good things he planned for us long ago. My goodness. I want you to know that today. You are God's masterpiece. You were created in him to do good things. Listen, one more, one more verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse four to five says, but God is so rich in mercy. He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you are saved. <sighs> My goodness, his grace for us enables us to be ordinary people filled with his extraordinary strength so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I want to invite you to place your faith in him. Again, if this is the first time or if this is the hundredth time, we love to pray together as a church family to say, yes, Lord, I'm going to place my faith in the one 
who has done all things, who has created me, who has known me by name, and who invites me to know God. Church family, would you pray this together? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. I am a sinner, but you are the Savior. Thank you for new life. I surrender. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate new life in Christ. He makes us new creations.